I'm with Knight Frank's Shane Harris, partner and head of residential, and Erin Vanchul, partner and head of sales at Crown Residences at Wambarangaroo. Thanks for joining me. Great to be here. Thanks, Michelle. Knight Frank recently launched the 14th edition of the Wealth Report 2020, which looks at the global perspective on prime property and investment. At Knight Frank, we define prime property as the most desirable and most expensive property in a given location. So that's generally defined as the top 5% of each market by value. Now, each year in the Wealth Report, we monitor the Piri 100, and the Piri 100 tracks the movement of luxury residential prices in 100 cities and second home markets globally, and this was between December 2018 and December 2019. So, Shane, I might start with you. How has prime property in the major Australian cities performed in 2019? Well, Shell, it's interesting. The Sydney market has performed extremely well over the last six to eight months. Off the back of APRA loosening the mortgage restrictions last year, people all of a sudden could borrow significantly more than they could have done six months earlier. So what we've seen is people's houses selling for 20 to 30% more than they were at the end of tail end of last year, which in turn has enabled those buyers to move into the next bracket. So they were getting more money for their houses. They were also able to borrow more money. So they were paying more money for the mid-section of the market. And once again, in turn, the mid-section of the market has then moved up into the prime section of the market, which has seen that part of the market strengthen as well. Erin, what was your experience with the Sydney super prime part of the market? So the Wealth Report tells us that there was a 3.7% growth in the prime market in 2019. And we certainly saw that positivity reflected on the ground down at Barangaroo. We've seen a tight supply of stock and there's a growing demand for the stock that is there. So the Wealth Report also shows us that the millionaire population in Australia grew by 7% last year and the billionaire population grew by 9%. Over the past five years, there's been a a growth of high net worths in Australia of 42%. So there's a growing population of people seeking a small number of properties. And we certainly know from previous research that you've put out, Michelle, that those properties that are sitting on the harbour in Sydney are very much in high demand and there's, there's a premium for those. On the ground at Barangaroo, we saw our inquiries double between 2018 and 2019. And the majority of those inquiries were local. We saw some really positive activity last year. So Shane, when we look at the other cities around Australia, how have they performed over the last year in the prestige or prime market? Sure, Melbourne has continued to perform well. Obviously, strong population growth, continued investment into education in Melbourne. So the mass markets perform well, which in turn, of course, has seen the prime end of the market do extremely well off the back of that. Brisbane and the Gold Coast, once again, the markets have remained stable. There hasn't been much price growth across the prime markets in either of those centres. However, what we expect to see, particularly off the back of Sydney and Melbourne, price rises so dramatically. In this part of the cycle, typically people who are in Sydney who've just made a lot of money because their house price has gone up dramatically, but they might have a big mortgage or people who haven't managed to buy. So they've saved up their deposit, but all of a sudden the market's taken off again. A lot of the time we'll see those people relocate. And I think Brisbane, the Gold Coast, and certainly Perth, if you look at the median price of Perth at the moment, it's mm. only 537000 which is only $7,000 more than Hobart. So mm. we're talking about a city in excess of 2 million people. Hobart's a bit over 200000 So you would think that the median price percentage is too close there. And I would expect that uh, at some stage, Perth will have a kick and jump well above Hobart and certainly Adelaide as well. Yeah, they're certainly investing in building up the population over in Perth again. It's interesting to see how that plays out over the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. So Erin, you're responsible for marketing the Crown Residences at Wambarangaroo. 
it's one of a handful of truly exceptional, unique, super prime developments currently being built around the world. What's attracting global buyers to Sydney? So I think this is really interesting when we look at the City Wealth Index and how Sydney ranks overall when we look at that from a global perspective. Of the cities within Australia, Sydney does rank number one. And from a global perspective, we're ranked 15th overall. And these factors are what makes it a valuable and interesting destination for overseas investment. The Wealth Index looks at three categories, wealth, investment and lifestyle. So the wealth, we're we're ranked 22nd on this. And this looks at the number of high net worths and ultra high net worths that are actually based here. The second factor it looks at is investment. So that is the level of and diversity of private investment into property. And the final is lifestyle. So we're ranked 33 for lifestyle. So that looks at universities, number of luxury hotels, restaurants and connectivity. So there is some room there for growth. But Australia is ranked third, certainly across Asia, in terms of its popularity for investment behind the UK and the US. So even though there are measures that have been put in place, extra stamp duty, it hasn't been as easy as previously perhaps to get a mortgage here we still see that there is a huge demand for Australia, the lifestyle factors as well as those investment factors. In the Wealth Report, we forecast that prime property prices are to grow by another 4% in Sydney, by 3% in Melbourne and by 2% in Brisbane, Perth and the Gold Coast. Since we released these forecasts, we've seen the global coronavirus outbreak. And while we're on air, it's currently not yet contained in Australia. Shane, what do you see as some of the challenges for prime property that will come in from this pandemic? Global equity markets have traditionally been renowned as one of the lead indicators on super prime global residential markets. So the instability we're seeing at the moment as a result of coronavirus is certainly going to have an impact, but I don't believe it'll be long term. I think it'll be similar to the GFC where it'll impact short term. But once the uh, pandemic is contained, then I think everything will settle down and markets will return to normal. Also, the outbreak is likely to have a further dampening effect on economic growth prospects in 2020 as businesses send their staff home, even where we find ourselves today here in the Sydney CBD. That's going to have a massive impact on the cafe owners, in turn on the landlords that own those properties with the ability of those tenants to pay their rent. So once again, I think that the effect's going to be significant, but once again, short term, once everything returns normal, I'm optimistic that everything will bounce back fairly quickly. We're also hearing stories of the impact on some developers who are trying to get their building materials out of China and are unable to do so at the moment. But once again, we are hearing stories that, you know, parts of China and Hong Kong are starting to return to Mm. business as per normal. So we hope that that continues and the supply chains to those developers settle down and get back to normal operations as well. Yeah, and I think we're in a position where a lot of developers have had construction slow down across the country where they've possibly been able to stockpile some of their products. But, you know, there is a time when they have to reorder and I've been hearing those stories as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Currency exchange is incredibly important when we're talking about high-end purchases, as prime property markets often have a significant international bias in terms of buyer profile. So each year in the Wealth Report, we carry out an exercise that compares how much one million US buys you around the world. The Australian dollar is currently very favourable against other currencies, and in recent weeks, even more so than when we carried out this exercise, which was on the 31st of December 2019. So across the Australian prime residential market, markets, your $1 million US check could stretch the furthest on the Gold Coast, buying you 136 square metres of prime or prestige internal floor space, followed by Brisbane, an hour north, buying you 123 square metres. 
Over in Perth, you could buy 117 square metres and your $1 million would extend to 96 square metres in Melbourne. So Erin, looking at these relative values across the globe, how does Sydney stack up? Very well. So if we do a global comparison and we look at some other prime global cities, so let's look at the top two. So London, you would get 30 square metres for your $1 million. In New York, you'd get 32 square metres. And if we look slightly closer to home, Singapore, you'd get 35. Hong Kong, just immediately 21. And in Sydney, you can buy 50 square metres. So you can see how it's attractive to to bring your money here. And the other, obviously, as you mentioned, with currency, with our low exchange rates at the moment, the fantastic connectivity from Sydney up into Asia, those long-haul flights that are planned as well, these all make Sydney a really attractive place to invest your money. Just picking up on your earlier point, Erin, about the number of ultra-high net worths across the globe, Australia with 3,800 with a population of 25.6 million compared to India at just shy of 6,000. I mean, it's a huge percentage of Australians that are wealthy. A huge proportion of Australians. And I think a lot of it is hidden wealth because I don't Mm. think Australians are as flashy, perhaps, with their wealth as other nationalities. So certainly our experience with the sales campaign at Wambarangaroo shows that there are people that are purchasing apartments with us that potentially never heard of. And we've done 12 transactions over 20 million. So there's no shortage of wealth in this town, but a lot of it goes unnoticed. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank you both for your time. I've been speaking with Shane Harris, partner and head of residential at Night Frank, and Erin Van Chul, partner and head of sales at Crown Residences at Wambarangaroo. For more information, see the link provided, which will lead you to Night Frank's The Wealth Report 2020.